The following podcast is the audio version of a previously broadcasted program. It may contain words and expression which might require watching. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We also welcome your comments, your suggestions, and yes, your criticism. For details on our broadcast, please visit sluza.com. That's S-L-O-O-Z-A-R.com. That's Sluza.com. The podcast begins next. Good morning. My name is Mike Dushan, and this is Sluza. Today is Saturday. March 13th, 2021. We have one topic today we will talk about, which is of utmost importance. Is there hope for America? That's not a rhetorical question, and that's not a philosophical question. The question is asked because since 2016, the country has found itself in a predicament that we didn't think as American we would ever have to find ourselves into. Just like usual, we went to the polls and elected an individual to the Oval Office. We spent a great deal of time arguing political parties, fighting one another, but one thing remained constant throughout the existence of this republic. We always rely on the individual in the Oval Office to so hire, to have a higher degree of common sense, of decency, or at the very least, to be a patriot. But 2016 reveals a very different country. We elected an individual who has no interest whatsoever in the well-being of the United States of America, who has no interest whatsoever in the well-being of anyone, for that matter. Even those people who support that individual would quickly find out that he has no interest in them. He used them to pursue his own selfish interests. In the process, many things happened to the United States of America. The guardrails have been removed. The Constitution no longer matters. Lies, deception, conspiracy theories supplant facts and truth. And the country found itself having to defend one of the darkest moments in our history, January 6, 2021. Is there hope for America? You are on Sousa. This is Sousa, a place for comfort.
Welcome to Suza. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic. Hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics. The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. Once again, welcome to Sluza, the place for common sense. My name is Mike Duchesne. Before 2016, the country has been exactly the way that you expect a democratic country to be, with various political parties fighting among themselves, claiming to be doing things better for the citizens. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, that is actually healthy in any system of democracy. Here in the United States of America, although we have several different political parties, but there are only two major political parties. It's the Democrats and the Republicans. And for any individual who has been following, who has been watching, who has been versed in, who has been involved in the process, sometimes it feels disheartening. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes it feels like not even worth it. That's the reason here in the United States of America, the level of participation in the election has been uh, dismal. In fact, even as early as 1900, we had just, and that was the highest tools, almost 74% of the people eligible to vote voted. Now, last election, 2020, we talk about in modern time having uh, one of the largest turnout of people who went out to vote. According to record, it was around 67%. Before that, that was 1908, when we had 63.5%. 
1960, it was close to almost 61%, 62% actually. Even under in 2009, when people were very excited about the first black individual who would become president, we just had under 61%. Now imagine that. In a country such as America that has spent a great deal in terms of money, in terms of lives, we do spend, expend our soldiers' lives to go out there and fight in order to provide other people the ability to vote. And right here in the United States of America, we have very low interest in the election process. That is a problem because the only thing that makes a system of democracy work is when the people, the citizen, participate in the process. Once you no longer participate in the election process, meaning you don't vote, automatically you give up the rights to anything, to everything. Your voice doesn't matter. Now, we heard the expression, vote, your vote doesn't count. But that really up to the individual. Because if you don't vote, it is pretty certain that your vote would not count. That's kind of logical, right? Now, the first problem that we have in the United States is the fact that we have so few people interested in participating in this process. Some people even see it as a chore. Some people see it as a bother. Other people, it's because they're completely disenchanted by the process. They think their vote don't count. No matter what they do, it doesn't seem to change anything. In fact, you heard many, both in Democrat and Republican circles saying, well, why does it matter? Democrats and Republicans, they're the same. Are they? First of all, irrespective of that fact, meaning whether it's true or not, they're the same, it is your civic duty as a citizen to participate in the election process. Now imagine for one moment, notice I mentioned to you that the first time we had a higher level of participation was in 1900, and the number was 73.5%, just 74%. Now you may say, well, it's a majority, of course it is. But what happened to the other 30, uh, 27%? Why do we have such high number of people in the United States of America not participating in the election process. There are many reasons. We're not going to debate that here. But we're going to talk about something that we have some control over. First, that's the initial problem, that we have a lot of people that do not vote. Past election, the 2020, we have 67%. That's a high number, considering there are 33% who still did not participate in the election process. 
In general, if you have leaders who care about the state of our democracy, those leaders would spend their time trying to make certain that we have a higher turn around when it comes to election. Because after all, each one of those elected officials, each and every single one of them, the first order of business before they given the key to the office that they just got elected for, each one of them has to take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And the most important aspect of that job is to make sure every aspect of the Constitution is respected, is followed, If there is no election, or even if there is election, what if, notice I mentioned 33% of the people decide not to vote even in the past election, despite all the noise, all the hoopla, despite everything that was going on in the country, the whole world was interested in what's going to happen in the United States of America. The whole world. And yet, 33% of the people eligible to vote did not vote. Why is that? Now, I'm asking the question, but that's a question that needs answer from our elected official, but also that needs a solution. Because the United States of America cannot continue to be a democracy if we continue to fall below the number, below this, that type of threshold. People simply deciding not to participate in the election process. That is bad for America. That is bad for democracy. That is bad for future generations. And yet, we don't seem to care much about it. What I'm about to show you is even worse than what I just said. What could possibly be worse than that? People not participating in the election process? That's already bad. So what can be worse? Well, you'll see it in just a moment. Because that, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, if you are an American first, and if you are a patriot, first, what I will be discussing with you should be of grave concern to you. And no matter which political party you belong to, you should drop everything and make certain that your elected official take this matter to heart. Because the freedom that you enjoy today the freedom that you think you believe that is going to be around tomorrow and is going to be around for your children, for your grandchildren, that is not a guarantee. A lot of people live their life thinking, oh, this is the United States of America. You know, those things will be around. Look what happened on January 6th. We had a rogue individual assisted by members of a political party that would want to do away 
with the Constitution of the United States. So the idea that those things cannot happen in America, now maybe 10 years ago, we wouldn't think of it as a possibility, but now it's as possible as 9-11. We never thought anyone would dare attacking America. Nobody did. Not even the, uh, the, the, the intelligence agencies, despite tons of evidence that was going to happen, they completely reject the idea. Who would dare attack America? And yet, it happened. What happened on January 6th is a warning to America that unless we do something, the next time it could be worse. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you just join, my name is Mike Duchenne and this is Slusa. We are talking about a very important topic that whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you should pay close attention. Now, if you join us uh, for the first time, I strongly encourage you to uh, follow me on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, and to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Every single time we have this program, we send an invite if a minute or so into the program and on the invite there is a link that once you click on you will be transported right to this program so you don't have to worry about where this program is uh, is uh, is is being broadcasted which social media click on the link no matter which venue you watch this on once you click on the link it will take you to the appropriate place for you to watch this program i do uh, uh, strongly encourage you to do so now because you really don't want to miss those type of conversation. Those conversations are not for political scores. Uh, they're not geared towards uh, uh, supporting one political party over the other, but rather providing you information so that you can make decisions in order to better our society. So I hope you quickly join based on the venue you watch this program so you don't miss out next time. Now we're talking about the state of affair right here in the United States of America in terms of voting. Now, I mentioned to you earlier, uh, is there hope for America? 
And I ask the question is because I just pointed out that the participation in the election process in America is low in comparison. Because usually we don't have that many people who show interest in participating. In the Democrat circle in particular, you've seen a, a, a campaign of, of, of trying to get people educated and go out and vote. Sadly, on the Republican side, just the opposite is happening. You may remember I mentioned to you that there is something worse than the actual level of participation of people in the election process. It's already low. Now, Democrats, whether you like them or not, at least they're always looking for ways to get more people to vote. Republicans, on the other hand, are always looking for a way to prevent people from voting. And what you you're seeing on the screen is exactly what's been happening in the Republican circle. Since after the 2016 presidential election, Republicans across the country have been busy trying everything humanly possible to make it more difficult for people to vote. Now, think about that for just a moment. They have all kind of uh, rationale to tell you that, oh yeah, there is a reason for that. Voters fraud, you know, we're trying to prevent voters fraud. Republican leaders have been talking about voters fraud for decades now. Is there voters fraud? According to a survey, a, uh, rather a study done, over a two-decade period, 20 years, they found out that the level of fraud in America is 0.0003. Let me put it in perspective for you so that you can understand that there is absolutely no voter fraud in America. If you take 100,000 people, you take 100,000 people, they would find zero voters fraud. If you take 1 million people, you would find three possibility of voters fraud, three people. And yet, Republicans across the country have spent their time doing one thing and one thing only, trying to prevent people from voting. What you saw earlier in Arizona, currently there are legislation being put in the book to, to do two things. I'll try to put it on the screen again for you so that you can see for yourself how bad things are. Because when I mentioned to you that the level of participation in the election process is low and bad, and I also pointed out there is something even much, much worse than that. 
And of course, the question is, what can possibly be much worse than people not participating in the election process when it comes to voting in America? It so happened that across the country, I took Arizona, and of course, there is a similar process happening in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, especially those places where the former president lost. You have tons of legislation being put on the book to prevent people from voting. In Arizona, for instance, there are two important uh, topics that currently going on that we definitely like to point out. The number one is the following. The first legislation is to limit the number of people that can vote. According to one legislator, and I'm quoting here, everybody shouldn't be voting. I'm not making that up. In Arizona, currently, one of the legislation being proposed, the legislators are saying, Everybody shouldn't be voting. And uh, they added something to the effect that we have to look at the quality of the votes. If you are an American patriot and you're not concerned about that, irrespective of your political party, I can guarantee you your children, your grandchildren may live in a country that's similar to what Germany was under Adolf Hitler. And that's no joke, and that's no exaggeration. We currently have people, Republican legislators, who took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, which accorded to every American citizen the right to vote, and the Republicans are saying everybody shouldn't be voting. We have to look at the quality of the vote. What does that mean in English? Those are not mere words that you hear people saying on Fox. Those are not mere words that you see Republicans going and talk on the airwave. They are putting those things on legislation, meaning become law, Meaning, if they say your vote doesn't have the quality, then you cannot vote. Meaning, literally, the Constitution of the United States no longer matters. If you are an American patriot, especially if you are a Republican, I really urge you to start holding your Republican senators, congressmen, accountable because they are destroying America and that's not an hyperbole that's not an opinion that's not an assumption they are literally working to destroy America they are getting away with what is written in the Constitution of the United States what I just mentioned to you that's not an opinion it's happening as we speak, Republicans in Arizona proposing legislation that would limit voting. They have to look at the quality of the vote. What exactly do you think that means? Now, that's one legislation. And you, if you think that's bad, well, you haven't heard anything just yet. 
The second piece of legislation that the Republican proposed for Arizona is the following. The legislators will have the right to overturn the outcome of an election, a presidential election. Literally speaking, what they say is even, let's put it in perspective for you. If that was already in the book, the Republican legislator in Arizona could literally come and say, Joe Biden is no longer the winner for Arizona. I kid you not. This is what they propose for the legislation, which means literally you go to the to, to the poll and vote, and you vote a, individual acts, the legislators, at the end of the day, they come, they say, eh, doesn't matter how you voted. We're not going to take that result. We are going to do our own. Republican legislators are literally destroying America. And that's not an opinion. That's not an assumption, and that's not something they're just talking about. They're actually currently working to prevent people from having a vote. Arizona bill would allow GOP-controlled state legislature to overturn presidential popular vote. That's what you just read. That's exactly what it means. The person who won the state doesn't matter. The legislators in Arizona can decide who wins the state. So which means going to the poll and vote doesn't matter. Because they will be the one that would decide who win, who lost. So when I tell you that Republicans are working to destroy America, that's not an opinion, that's not hyperbole, that's not an assumption. They are working across the United States of America to make certain that your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't count. They will decide for you what counts. In other words, what the Constitution of the United States say about people going to the poll and vote for a president makes no difference whatsoever because the Republican legislators in those respective states will decide who win, who lose. So, what would be the importance of voting? What would be the importance of going to the poll? If you are a Republican, you become fully responsible for the, the damages that the Republican elected official, which you put in those positions, are doing to America. And those are not philosophical arguments. Those are happening across the country as we speak. It's happening in Georgia. It's happening in Wisconsin. It's what happening in Pennsylvania. It's happening across the country. Republicans exclusively are trying to put legislation that do away with whatever the Constitution says. So when you're talking about 
freedom in America, you may want to bite your tongue a few times before you say that word. Republican, and I've been saying that for the longest, do not care about America. And they're proving that over and over and over again. Now, they are aggressively working to shred every letter of the Constitution about the most important aspect of what has made America the envy of the world, voting. So if your vote doesn't matter, if your vote doesn't count, then what's the point of the election? Because you go to the poll and you vote for your candidate, but the legislature comes and say, eh, it doesn't matter really. Your vote doesn't matter because we're going to decide who wins the state. That's the predicament we have in America today. And for those of you who have been reading my publication, by now you should become very familiar with the fact that I've been warning you that this is what the Republican leaders are. They just don't care about America. If they can get away with murder, they will and they have. We watched the past four years, Republicans over and over helping a rogue individual destroy every aspect of our society. Destroy our institution, trample the rule of law, get away with moral values, get done with moral principle, and even shred every letter of the Constitution. They didn't just sit around to watch that happen. They participated in it. Usually, you would expect leaders to lead. Leaders to have higher moral values. To be able to guide those people that follow them in in a in good path, in a straight path. Instead, we have exclusively Republican leaders literally destroying America and using the Republican constituent to support that type of effort. And that would help explain why Republicans in general, they rely on lying to the constituent. That's a Republican strategy to win election. Voting restriction. That's what's happening today across the nation. Across all 50 states in the United States of America, Republicans are doing everything possible to make certain that they prevent 
people from voting. They resort to voting restriction. They use voters' intimidation. And now they're using voters' suppression. They have to look at the quality of the vote to say that that vote matters or doesn't. So I suspect what that might mean is if it's a, if it's a vote by a minority, black, Hispanic, they may decide it doesn't have enough quality for us to accept it. So let's not count those votes. Let's discard those votes. And that's not an assumption. In fact, during the 2016, during the 2020 presidential election, all of the places that Republicans try to challenge have a higher proportion of blacks. Every county, even Wisconsin, that mostly a white state, the counties that have a higher population of black, that's the county that they challenge. That's where voters fraud happened. In Georgia, same thing. In Pennsylvania, same thing. So when the Republicans in Arizona tell you they have to look at the quality of the vote, you don't have to be a genius in order for you to figure out what they are trying to say. So the United States of America is confronting a number of problems. One is the fact that we already have a very low turn around, turnover of people who go to the poll to vote, to express uh, their, to, to, to do their civic duty, to participate in the election process. We already have a low number. But Republicans, as I will show you shortly, Republican leaders, instead of doing what would entice people to vote for them, they decide why. Why not suppress their vote? Why not prevent them from voting? Why not making sure their vote don't have any value? And for you blacks who think that Republicans have anything good for you, I have news for you. For a very long time, Republicans have always tried to suppress black votes. And that's not something that's happening today. Even beyond the Emancipation Act, the first thing that the Republican legislators did was to pass legislation that said, if you cannot read and write, you cannot vote, knowing done well that the slaves were enslaved working with uh, four whites, and they didn't go to school, and they know darn well that they don't read and write. And they've been since then preventing blacks, putting stumbling block after stumbling block after stumbling block to make certain that blacks do not have a voice. Now you would think today, mid of 21st century, you would think that Republicans would change ways of doing things and say, oh my God, let's try to find, to come up with things that would make blacks feel better, 
that would make that would address their concern instead they working across the united states of america to make certain that your votes do not count republican leaders across the united states of america want blacks to go back to the time where your vote did not count and that's not an assumption that's not a hyperbole that's not an opinion they are currently putting in the book legislation that would do exactly that republicans don't care about your vote they don't want to improve the system they want to suppress your vote they want to make sure that you do not count and for those of you who have watched this program before, that should be no surprise. For those of you who have read my publication, that should be no surprise. Because I have been warning you that Republicans have been working against the interests of blacks. Most Republicans have. And now they go national. They're putting legislation across the board that would make it more difficult for blacks to vote. If you don't heed the advice, your children, your grandchildren will pay the price. Because what I am currently telling you is not a story, is not my opinion, is what currently happening across the nation. Republican putting legislation proposing legislation that would make it that much harder for blacks to vote. We already have a country, level of participation in the election process is low. You would think that people in position of power, senators, congressmen, you know, governors, mayors, would do everything possible to get more people to go to the poll? Of course not. Why would they do that? I mentioned before, and I'll mention it to you again. You may hate the type of policies that Democrats bring forth. You may hate their legislation, but one thing makes differentiate the Democrat legislators from the Republican legislators. The Democrat legislators work on behalf of the people. You may not like their ways. You may not like what they propose. I'm not saying for you to, but one thing differentiate them from your Republican leaders. Republican leaders work against the people. Democrat leaders work on behalf of the people, the working class, the middle class. Republican leaders, as I will show you shortly, have a track record of working against the middle class, against the working class, against blacks. They don't even hide it. And that gets me to ask the question, how stupid can anyone be to support people like that? After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, 
I find that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics. The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you just join, my name is Mike Duchenne, and we are talking about voting in America, the voting process. How much Republican leaders, senators, congressmen, not only in Washington, but across various states in the country, governors, mayors, working to make it difficult for blacks to vote. Now, they're not just making it difficult anymore. Now, they go out of their way to make it impossible for blacks to vote. They're putting legislation in place to make sure that your votes do not matter. And that's not an opinion. That's not an assumption. That's not philosophical discussion. As we're speaking, across the country, Republican leaders are putting legislation in place that would make it very difficult for people to vote and even worse would make your votes useless in arizona for instance a legislation proposed would make the legislators the ultimate decision makers in a presidential election what that means in lame term you can go to vote even if the candidate you vote for win the state, the legislatures may decide otherwise. So we're going to take a look at the tool that Republicans have used in order to keep in the fold Republican constituent that they can continue to vote for them even when it is blatantly obvious that they're doing what's wrong by the country, what's wrong by the, uh, by the constituent. Because it's baffling that someone is doing something wrong and you continue to support that individual. The question is, how is that possible? And that's what we're going to look at. The hotly contested presidential election is over, but the challenges that lie ahead for this new administration are many and very difficult. Yes, we voted out the destructor of our norms, but our job is not done. The Biden administration will face a very corrupt and uncooperative Republican Party in both the House and the Senate. In 2009, 
in the means of a devastating recession with unemployment rising, bankruptcy multiplying, the economy cratering. Mitch McConnell opposed everything Obama tried to do to remedy the situation. It is naive to think it will be different this time. The country simply cannot rely on Republicans. So let's not. Join us live every Saturday at 11 a.m. to bring forth ideas to combat those challenges. Together, we can help rebuild America with Joe. See you soon. Is there hope for America? The question is relevant today because the very, the most important aspect that has made America the envy of the world is in jeopardy, being challenged, not by some foreign government, not by some terrorist organization, but by the very people you, Republican, elected to make things better, to improve things for the nation. Yes, those people, the senators, the congressmen, the governors, the mayor, they are the ones that are working to actually make things worse, make things more difficult. In general, Republicans rely almost exclusively on lying to the constituent. And I don't mean that as, a, as an assumption or as a hyperbole either. Republican leaders in Washington never have anything to offer to the constituent. In fact, they work against the interests of the constituent. That's something not only that I mentioned to you time and again, but I provide you detailed example that indeed the case. Republican leaders are masters of deception. Oh, yes, they're very good at telling you, yes, it's the Democrats. By now, it's become really almost impossible for them to, uh, to keep pushing some, some, some theories in terms of being fiscally conservative, having moral values, those kind of things. Republican leaders govern by lying. Remember they lie about Obamacare? Remember that? It's going to be a death panel. It's going to kill job. It's going to kill grandma. It's going to destroy the economy. They lie about tax cut. They said the tax cut was going to be for the people, for the middle class, for the working class. What ended up happening? $1.3 trillion out of $1.5 went to large corporation and wealthy individuals. They lied for Trump on Ukraine. They knew. They saw the report. They saw all the detail. Career diplomats provided on live TV detail about what was happening. And they lied for him. They lied for him about the election, the 2020 election. They know what that that moron was saying about voter fraud, about all those things that he was claiming on, on national TV were false. They lie with him. And they lie to the supporters. And we know exactly what lying does. We've seen what lying does. 
But for some reason, Republican uh, leaders are unable to present, to provide anything to the constituents. So lying to them is the only way they know how to keep the power. Now, if you think what I'm saying is gibberish, if you think what, what I'm saying has no value, I challenge you to show me what Republicans have said that is true. Everything that they said about anything in the past, you come to find out that they all lies. They're masters of deception. So, of course, when this, the 45th president was in the Oval Office, we spent all our time talking about how much he lied. But for those of you who have been reading my publication, that should not be any surprise to you because I've been saying for the past four years that Republicans are masters of deception. But here's why that should matter to you. Do you know why people lie? Take, take a guess. Because if, if I'm doing something right, why would I have to lie about it? As you're reading, the worst thing about being lied to is knowing you weren't worth the truth. And that's what Republican leaders, that's how they approach the Republican constituent. They see the Republican constituent not worth the truth. So they lie to them. In fact, the moron who occupied the Oval Office was not the first one. He had a big mouth. He had a much louder mouth, obviously, but he wasn't the first one who started the process of lying to the constituent. Republican leaders, congressmen, senators, governors, mayor, they've been working to Republican, they've been lying to Republican constituents for decades. That moron happened to have perfected the art. He had a big mouth and he wasn't afraid to scream the loudest. But he wasn't the first one. When Republican leaders went across the country telling you that Obamacare was a death panel, was it true? When they told you that it was going to kill job, was it true? When it, they tell you it was going to destroy the economy, was that true? In fact, as I mentioned before here in this program, in the 2018 midterm election, the same thing that they were telling you against Obamacare, they came and tell you, we're going to do it for you. Protect you against pre-existing condition, making sure your teenage boys, girls are up to age 26, still can uh, rely on your insurance. Everything that they were telling you that was bad about Obamacare, they came and tell you that, oh, we can do that for you too. Republicans lie to you because they don't have anything better to offer. That's the reason Republican leaders lie. Because otherwise, why do they have to lie? Because people lie to you, it's because they're hiding something. People lie to you because they're incapable of doing what they promised to do for you. The worst thing about being lied to 
is knowing you were not worth the truth. And that's what Republican leaders, that's the way they approach every Republican constituent. They don't think you are worth the truth. As I mentioned before, there are two groups of people in the Republican Party. The group that buys those lies, those conspiracy theories, and the group that exploit that group. Republican leaders, political leaders, religious leaders, business leaders, they all exploit the ignorance and the gullibility of the Republican constituent. They know the Republican constituents are naive. They know the Republican constituents are gullible. And they also easily manipulated. And we know that. We provided you example many times. Take, for example, Fox. In 2000. Nine, when Obama became president of the United States, most of the program at Fox peddled the false message that Obama was not born in the country. Now you could say, eh, nonsense. Today you're saying that, but 56% of Republicans believe that nonsense. 56%. That's a very high number. Republican leaders exploit the ignorance of the Republican constituent. They rely on their naiveness. They capitalize on their naiveness. They lie to them. They deceive them. The question is, why do Republican leaders lie so much to their constituent. I just published an article that says the, the dangerous Republican lies that can destroy America. I strongly encourage you to go to the peoplebranch.org and to read the article in its entirety. And I also would encourage you to follow me on Twitter because this is part one of a multi-part article. The dangerous Republican lies that can destroy America. That's not philosophical argument. We're giving you facts. We're using historical data to show to you that your Republican leaders, they simply do not care about your well-being, about the well-being of this nation. And while you're at it, I strongly encourage you to take uh, a straw on Amazon and to buy the book, The Obama Legacy. That's by me. If you are interested in finding the truth about the Obama administration, there are plenty of books that's written. And some of uh, those uh, writing uh, promote Obama. Some of uh, those writing by his, uh, by his adversaries uh, try to trash him. But that book will give you an insight into what really happened during the eight years of Obama. Now, as you can see, when you lie, it's not without consequences. 
Once again, I strongly encourage you to go to the peoplebranch.org and to read the article in its entirety. The dangerous Republican lies that can destroy America. Now, before January 6th, you could have looked at that as, well, it's just gibberish. But today, can you say that is gibberish? That Republican lies are destroying America? Can you say it's gibberish? Can you say that with a straight face? Now, there is no if and but about the fact that Republicans govern by lying. There is no if and but. There is no discussion. There is no argument. If you go to peoplebrain.org, I strongly encourage you to search and find out that I've written dozens of articles about how Republicans have used deception in order to continue to hold on to their base. Republican leaders do not have much to offer. In fact, as I mentioned to you before, Republican leaders work against the best interests of their constituents. The very people that support them, the very people that put them in office, Republican leaders work against their interests. Don't believe me? Well, he's one. Under Obama, Obamacare, Republican leaders told millions of Republicans that it was a death panel. They told millions of Republicans that it would destroy the economy. They told millions of Republicans that it would add to the deficit. None of that was true. And they knew that, not because they couldn't. They knew that. They saw the, the piece of, uh, they saw the act. They can read. They in the legislation for a reason. That's their job. But they saw exactly what the healthcare act was, but they decided to lie to the constituent. Of course, it would not be until two years later that they all will come back and tell the constituent, oh, well, by the way, this thing we've been telling you is bad for you, it's good for you. We're going to help you have it. So we know that Republican leaders, they lie to their constituents. Much recently, in 2017, they spend countless hours campaigning on, parading on national TV, drumming the beat of tax cut for the middle class. They borrowed $1.5 trillion. And they took $1.3 out of that, and they distributed to corporation. They lie to you. That's what Republican leaders do. When I tell you Republican leaders are not interested in the well-being of the constituent, in the well-being of the middle class, of the working class, that's not gibberish. That's not an opinion. That is a fact that I can give you for as long as Republicans have been legislating in Washington, everything that they do will be for the wealthy and against the middle class.
and here is something much more recently. The $1.9 trillion that Joe Biden proposed to help those affected by the pandemic, not a single Republican voted for it. You know why? Because the whole amount will go to the working class, to the middle class. Republicans are completely divorced with the idea of helping middle class, of helping working class. Not a single one of them. So, of course, they lie to you. They tell you it's not really for the pandemic. They tell you it's not really going. Ask them which part of that money. You saw the breakdown. It's on the web. They know you're not going to be reading. They know you're not going to be paying attention to the detail. So they tell you on national TV that, oh, no, that's not, it's, it's not going to do the job. But I guarantee you, if you take a minute to go and take a look at the breakdown of the $1.9 trillion that Joe Biden proposed, you will find out that the whole amount of money will go towards the pandemic and helping people in need. Of course, Republicans are against that because, as I mentioned time and again, when it comes to the middle class, when it comes to the working class, Republicans are completely hands-off. The $1.5 trillion, oh, they were all over it. All of them voted for it. The reason is because it was for the large corporation. They have no problem giving to large corporations. But whenever there is something that's proposed for the middle class, for the working class, you can rest assured the Republican leaders will oppose it. That's a guarantee. And as such, they oppose the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. And what do they have to say about that? They lie to you because they know you're easily manipulated. They lie to you because they know you're not paying attention. So whatever that they tell you, whether it's on the Senate floor or on national TV, they go to your favorite station, Fox, Newsmark, OAN. They tell you whatever you will hear from them, and they know you know you cannot know any better. Your Republican leaders do not work for your best interests. We've seen them in action long enough to know they don't care. They don't care about the United States of America. They don't care about the constituent. They simply do not care. So if you are a Republican, Know this, the future of the United States of America relies on you to get rid of those individuals because they're not working for the sake of the country. They're not working for the be in the best interest of the constituent. They rely exclusively on the gullibility, on the naiveness of the people they exploit, their supporters the constituent. As I mentioned time and again, you may not necessarily like 
legislation proposed by Democrats. You may not necessarily like policies proposed by Democrats. But one thing I can tell you that's certain, Democrats work on behalf of the middle class, on behalf of the working class. They have all the cards on the table. Yes, as I mentioned, you may not like the legislation they propose. You may not like the policies. And that's for another type of debate. But Republican leaders, they do not work for the middle class. They do not work for the working class. What they are good at is lying to you, deceiving you. They are masters of deception. So how do we solve that problem? Because that's not small. We used to have just Fox lying to people, spewing conspiracy theories. You have tons of Republicans, those that are trying to elevate themselves, those that are trying to make a name for themselves. They all go to this type of venue to lie and lie some more. It's almost like there is a race to find out who can tell the biggest lies, who can come up with the biggest conspiracy theories. Now, there is Newsmax, there is OAN. That's in addition to all the radio network that you've seen people like Rush Limbaugh who passed, uh, and a number of those people spewing this type of nonsense uh, on the airwave. The country cannot rely on Republicans at this point because it's not a slogan. Republican leaders have proven beyond any doubt that they don't care about the well-being of the United States. They work against their constituents. They work against the middle class. They work against the working class. And they're doing everything possible to destroy, to shred every letter of the Constitution. So in other words, Republicans emerge as the biggest enemies that the country, the United States of America has. And I don't say that lightly. Because the enemy does exactly what Republicans are doing. They work against your best interests. They put stumbling block, they put obstacle to prevent you from advancing. And that's exactly what Republicans are doing, Republican leaders. They lie, they deceive. That's exactly what Republican leaders are doing. So you may find it a little bit over the top when I say that Republican leaders represent the greatest danger that the nation has. It may sound heavy, and it does, but everything that Republican leaders across the nation are doing is not for the good of the United States of America. The legislation that they're proposing, that the legislators will decide the election, that's against the Constitution of the United States of America. That's what an enemy would do. They work against the interests of the middle class. That's what an enemy, an opponent would do.
They're not saying, let's try to do it a little bit better here, a little bit better there. That's not what they're proposing. If it's for the middle class, if it's for the working class, we don't want anything to do with it. That's your Republican leaders. By now, if you haven't come to the conclusion that they're not working for you, if you haven't come to the conclusion they're working against you, then you have much more serious problem than imagine. Yes, your Republican leaders stand against progress in the United States of America. They're trying to take the country backwards. They're trying to destroy the very, the most important document that has made America the envy of the world, the Constitution. In fact, that should not surprise you, because on January 6th, 147 Republican congressmen and more than a dozen Republican senators were gathered in Washington not to certify Joe Biden, but to try to overturn the outcome of an election. So when I tell you that Republicans work against the interests of the United States of America, that's not an opinion. And what makes it possible that they can do that? The Republican constituent continue to vote them back in office. So they think that they have the blessing. They have the blessing of the Republican constituent because they're doing what's wrong, they're doing what's bad, they're doing what's evil, and the Republican constituent continue to say, go ahead. The hotly contested presidential election is over, but the challenges that lie ahead for this new administration are many and very difficult. Yes, we voted out the destructor of our norms, but our job is not done. The Biden administration will face a very corrupt and uncooperative Republican Party in both the House and the Senate. In 2009, in the midst of a devastating recession with unemployment rising, bankruptcy multiplying, the economy cratering, Mitch McConnell opposed everything Obama tried to do to remedy the situation. It is naive to think it will be different this time. The country simply cannot rely on Republicans. So let's not. Join us live every Saturday at 11 a.m. to bring forth ideas to combat those challenges. Together, we can help rebuild America with Joe. See you soon. If you just join, my name is Mike Duchenne, and this is Fuza. If you join us for the first time, at this point, I would invite you to subscribe to my uh, uh, YouTube channel, to follow me on Twitter, to follow me on Facebook. And that is actually extremely important because when you do, at the beginning of the program, we will send you uh, an invite, and 
on the invite, there is a link, which once you click on the link, it will bring you right here. Whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Smashcast, Twitch, no matter where you follow this program, I strongly encourage you to follow me. Because those type of conversation we have here is not uh, for a few days, but those are conversations that defy the future of this nation, and you need to hear, and you need to participate in these type of conversation. So, I once again, I strongly encourage you to uh, not lose uh, any uh, one of those programs being uh, done on a regular basis. We've been asking since the beginning of the program, is there hope for America? Is there hope for America? That's a legitimate question to ask. And the reason is because America, as politicians have said time and again, great, greatest country in the world. In fact, president after president, and uh, especially when we go overseas, we'd like to uh, use that phrase in the greatest country in the world. What makes a great country is not the amount of ammunition that you have, is not the, the size of a weapon that you have. There is a big difference between respect and fear. Before 2020, before 2016 rather, the United States of America was considered the leader in the world. And other countries, uh, even our enemies, not only recognize that, but they also uh, try to emulate. Even our enemies try to emulate what we have. Now, our friends try the best that they can in order for them to do something similar to what we have. Uh, the Constitution, of course, they cannot duplicate our Constitution, uh, but they try to emulate our justice system. They try to emulate, uh, or at the very least, reproduce the way that we have our justice system. Uh, and that's something good in terms of seeing that the whole world is looking at America and see that America could be used as an example. 2016 changed everything. 2016 changed everything. No longer is America recognized as the leader of the world. Of course, they won't tell you that, nor would they challenge you for saying those kind of things. But even before the departure of the former president, there were plenty of conversations around the world that approached relationship with the United States of America with a lot of hesitation and with a lot of uh, 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 reserve. And the reason is very simple. They thought America was a reliable partner. 
they thought America was a reliable ally. And they found out that Americans are stupid enough to elect an individual that do not understand exactly the importance of America on the world stage. And I say stupid enough because it wasn't an accident. We've seen what that individual was about well before he became president. We know he was an outrageous individual. We know he was a moron. We know he was a liar. We know he was a crook. And yet, America elected that individual anyway. Now, it's the fault of those who voted for him and also the fault of those who decided not to go to the poll. So it's everyone's fault that America now found itself in a predicament where the world is having second thought in giving America the same past that America had before. Put differently, the world is working with America, but with a backup plan. Because they know what happened before can happen again. And they would not be wrong. In fact, it's more possible today than it was ever. Before 2016, there are a number of things that would not have happened. Even those Republicans who work against the best interest of their constituent would not dare do the kind of thing that they're doing today. Today they're working against the Constitution of the United States. They're working to make the document that we so cherish useless, irrelevant. And if the Constitution is no longer relevant, then, well, the world can no longer count on America. Because it would no longer be possible for the President of the United States to be elected by the people, but rather by legislators. So America would no longer be a democracy. The reason? The Republican leaders. The Republican leaders. Not some rogue, some far extreme, like we saw in Washington on January 6th, those mobs ransacking the Capitol. No, not those. Those were the scapegoats, so to speak. Not because they weren't guilty of what they were doing, but the people that propelled them to do those kind of things sat on the Senate floor and the House floor trying to do exactly even worse damage because what they were doing will, would have literally annulled the Constitution of the United States. So the mob that we saw in Washington, as bad as it was, as bad as the display was, was the least of our worries. Because we had Republican senators, Republican congressmen doing worse damage than those people we watch on, on TV. They were challenging the Constitution of the United States, the same people who took enough to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. So is there hope for America? <laughs> you may sit on your lawyer and think, of course there is hope, it is America. We have half the country working against the best interests of the United States of America. Half the country. And I don't mean that lightly, because you have the legislators working against the best interests of the United States, and you have the constituent supporting their effort. 
So this is not just a few rogue people. What we observe, what we watch, what, uh, what was on display on January 6th for the world to see, those Republicans in Washington pretend that they have nothing to do with it, but we know that they have everything to do with it. They were the one who actually continued to lie and to pro promote those lies that got those people to get to the point where they were. So those congressmen, those senators, Republican congressmen and senators, they are every bit responsible for what happened on January 6th. You would think after that, they would get back to their senses and they would say, oh my God, I cannot believe we almost destroyed America. That's what you would expect to some people who actually care about the country. What exactly are they doing? They continue to lie to the constituent, and now they are in a campaign of making the Constitution useless. Those are not people who are going to repent. Those are people who are determined to destroy America. And they're not doing that behind closed doors. They publicly saying that's exactly what we're doing. Now, in the past, we had hope that the constituent was smart enough to put a stop to that. The constituent was smart enough, smart enough to get rid of those fools. But today, the Republican constituent are either naive, gullible, or they join the bandwagon of helping to destroy America. So is there hope for America? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Join me again next week when we continue the conversation about Republican destroying America and what can we possibly do to prevent the worst from happening, to prevent them from succeeding, that is. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic afternoon or a fantastic weekend, whichever it happened to be for you. And I hope you can join me again, invite your friends, family members, because this is the place for common sense. And this is the place that will tell you exactly what is happening, what the legislations, the policies that you hear that your senators, your congressmen propose, what it means for America, what it means for the future of this country. Have a fantastic evening. That was an update through the prism of common sense. Join us again next week. I am MD, host of the Suzo program, The Place for Common Sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestions, or simply let us know how to work. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful weekend. See you soon.
I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around. And the rumpus and rug is so comfortable now. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. So I got an apartment across from the park. Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Here we go. Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the People Branch publication, which can be found on the People Branch website located at peoplebranch.org. That's P E O P L E B R A N C H.org. That's peoplebranch.org website in which you will find a number of very interesting articles my name is Mike Duchenne MD for short I hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening whichever it happens to be hopefully you can join me again next time for another interesting episode of this podcast that That was Suza live from New York good day (laughs) 